I'm Noa Tamir. I'm Alas Arhan. We're Techpoint Charlie, and we have a guest today. Hi, I'm Phil Bennett. Yeah. Welcome, Phil. Thank you. And today we are talking about, if I don't want to say controversial, but it maybe is, emotions at work. Yeah, I also feel like this has been, and since I was a junior, this has always been this topic that like, when it happens, you deal with it, and then you maybe like incidentally talk about it, but it's not right. something that you like really take into account and yeah. yeah, and kind of like figure out, uh, you're just like, if something happened, if some burst of emotion happened, then, then people kind of find a way around it. Maybe, Phil, you can tell us what's your experience been like, and maybe a little bit about yourself too. Yeah. Um, I'll, let me do the traditional introduction um, so everyone knows who I am. Um, I'm Phil Bennett. I'm uh, currently an engineering manager at, at Klarna. Um, if you don't know who Klarna is, we're a, traditionally a payment processing company that's trying to move a little bit towards shopping experience, so trying to make shopping a, a better experience for, for people. Um, but prior to Klarna, I've, I've got about 10, 10 years of, of management experience within um, agency environment, um, which can be very emotionally charged so i i've had quite a lot of experience of of high levels of emotion um in kind of every direction um yeah and i i thought before coming on this i had a really strong clear idea about my thoughts on emotions at work and then with doing some research and thinking about it a little deeper yeah now i'm i'm very confused it's like actually <laughs> a really complicated topic because i understand about my own emotions and how and how that affects me but I, I probably have been guilty of not thinking too much about how that affects other people mm -hmm. um, in the past. I mean, I'm aware that it does, but it's, it's not something that I've consciously thought about. And then whilst doing the research, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of things going on there. So maybe um, a good point to get into it is really how did you get to start thinking about this? Like, what were your experiences? Um, I think it's, it's an interesting... So, I've, I've spent a long time in agency, sort of, in reality, I've been working in agency environments for about 15 years and, and leading for, for 10 of them. And agency environments has very, it's very high pressure. Yeah. You don't have, you don't have the luxury of allowing deadlines to slip. So obviously in, in, a, in an agile environment, you're, you can be a little bit more flexible with what's delivered and when, as long as you're focusing on the, the highest value stuff. When you're mm -hmm. delivering for a client, um, and they are external to your organization, those deadlines are, are, are very inflexible. So that inflexibility creates significant levels of pressure. And, and it's, it's, it's really, really a really, really high pressure environment. And it's not an environment for everybody. And some people really, really struggle, struggle in it. And because of that high pressure environment, it, it's, it's kind of like a, I mean, the analogy is a, it's a pressure cooker, which is, I, I'm not super <laughs> happy about that, that, that analogy, but it kind of makes sense. If you put, if you apply the pressure, things get heated and, and, the, and things happen a lot quicker. And that includes emotions. And I've gone through, yeah, a lot of fairly, I don't know whether be, I would call it, I, I think it's okay to call them traumatic. So I've had a lot of traumatic experiences whilst working in agency um, because of those um, high pressure situations and those have affected me and those have affected the teams that I, that I work in and I've um, spent a lot of time since I left agency kind of thinking about why why that's different in because I've moved now into product and it feels a lot different it's a for me it's a lot calmer there's a lot less going on there I mean we still have emotions and there's still those kind of peaks of emotions going throughout the process but it's on a month-to-month -month basis rather than a day-to-day -day 
basis with with the pressure and then i kind of thought back through all of the experiences that i've had and and the points where um where i've i've suffered and where i've seen other people suffering um and and yeah and it made me kind of really start to to question my views on it and my views are i think my core views are that it's fine like it's it's absolutely fine to express emotions at work like you you it's it's worse to not show your emotions to me if you hide them and you are not expressing yourself you're going to get into a worse place so that was always mm -hmm. my kind of core view of it like it's fine mm -hmm. like emotions are fine things are going to get heated you're going to have arguments that's going to happen you know people right. are going to get upset that's that's kind of the the norm of it but what i've never really been, been thinking about in those situations is exactly how that affects other people yeah. and the uncomfort and the awkwardness that that can can give yeah. to people who have right. like either different levels of emotional um connection to people or just different levels of ability to deal with challenging emotion because it's kind of a scale right like some people like can, can just deal with emotional instability and it's fine and it just just like washes off their back but other people struggle much harder with those emotions and that's something i think i've not really been thinking about and then i started mm -hmm. thinking about it a bit more um and then yeah and it's 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 really kind of I, I'm, I'm now very unclear about my feelings on, on emotions <laughs> at work just mm -hmm. to clarify so i i've been in in situations i've been in organizations where it's not unusual for people to not maybe not intentionally, but throw laptops at each other um, out of high Whoa. stress kind of emotional situations, and that Whoa. and 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 lots of that's arguments beyond emotions. That's violence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It wasn't just kind of these scenarios are generally not people actually. The laptops are generally not aimed at the person, but yeah. for a frustration okay. may have been thrown yeah, exactly. at at okay. the desk and kind of bounced yeah. at people. Okay. Um, but. And that that's on a on a weekly basis generally is kind of day to day. Wow. Like, it, mm. uh, I'm, I'm I'm exaggerating slightly. So yeah, like um, it, it, I I I've, I you know I I spent 15 years working in an agency and I enjoy it. I love it. I love the challenge and the, mm -hmm. the pressure. That's something. That's a place where I thrive. You're brave. <laughs> and that's and that's what I, that's what I loved. And I I kind of loved being out. And it's hard and it's difficult. And that's a challenge that I enjoyed. Right, mm -hmm. but in product, the pressure doesn't come that that frequently, especially in I'm in a larger product company. So, mm. and maybe the difference is between small and large companies as well. But mm -hmm. the pressure yeah. is a little bit more distributed, um, and the and the, you've got a single you've got more of a single focus, right? You're you're focusing mostly on your customer, and when in your agency environment, you have normally like four or five customers at the same time. Um, whereas in a product environment, you have one. So you can have this single point of focus and people can be more, a, a spread less thinly across things. And then yeah. scheduling and planning and all of those deadline kind of things are a little bit easier to manage. And at the same yeah. time, when you're delivering to yourself, you can miss deadlines, right? It's not, it's not the best thing to do and it's not something you should sort of like aim for. But if you miss a deadline, the worst thing you're going to do is get told off, right? In, mm. Or you're going to miss a market or market opportunity, but that doesn't necessarily impact you directly, right? That it, it's more likely to impact the larger company as a whole. In agency, it's so much more visible that you miss a deadline, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Because your client is shouting at you. They're not shouting mm. at the whole company. They're, they're shouting at the lead of the project, and that's oh, much okay. more, much more. It's much harder to deal with. Like your the whole pressure is on you mm -hmm. at that point. I mean, they're, they're like in in there's obviously you have support. Like, but you are the person with the, the main point of contact. So it kind of like magnifies 
magnifies that um, pressure quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, it's you're playing with someone else's money, really, when you are working in an agency. Right. Like if you mess up and you mess a client's deadline, they are the ones that lose money. You're potentially going to lose money because if you lose a contract, but you're they're losing money as well. When you're yeah. inside right. an organization, it's only your money that you're potentially losing. So okay. it just adds to, in my experience, that adds a lot. To no, I agree. Yeah, my, my experience as well. Like, in, um, yeah, it's it's definitely like as we said, it's the highest probably the more the highest highest intense situation when it comes to emotional struggle uh, when you work in an agency. But I think I mean you, you can see like the same kind of pressure and emotional struggle maybe in a lower level or more distributed as you said on uh, all over, like over the team or over time as well uh, I mean you can you're in a product company you're also kind of hopefully if you're doing it right you as you said you're serving one customer like you could still like see lots of product companies who try to <laughs> address many customers and <laughs> fall in the same situation sometimes um, so but yeah kind of you're also having it's a different relationship your relationship is like company to investors or board sometimes that's the money like the similarity to the money uh um, relationship to pressure uh but it it gets more distributed that's for sure i think it also really depends Uh, on on which company you're at so i think uh also in a big tech company if if the leadership reacts that way to a missed deadline that how are how are they going to be going to the board and said we missed a deadline or we missed a goal and so yeah. they could bring back the same level of intensity yeah. uh, it really depends on the style of leadership and the culture and so i've seen exactly. it also within it's not guaranteed that if you go into a company re, that uh, it's a product company rather than an agency you're going to get mm-hmm. a lot more stability and you should still yeah. pre- if it's something you care about maybe try to be mindful and ask some questions about it in your interview process because uh, it definitely <laughs> exists but i think what was really interesting for me phil and what you were saying is that you were saying like you were experiencing this before as a contributor and then later as a manager maybe you could say did you already notice some difference between um how emotions that work worked for you as a contributor versus a manager i think um yeah it, it as a manager it's it's significantly hard i mean for me it's significantly harder because i think i'm kind of uh, i have a reasonably high empathy for my my teammates normally um, or hmm. always and it the I, I am now then responsible for the emotional like safety and comfort of of my team when I'm a manager. You know, when I'm an individual contributor, like less so. I mean, I think I would have been a bad teammate if I didn't really care about the other people that I was working with. But my primary primary focus was probably on me, um, and that would be my main priority in terms mm-hmm. of like emotional comfort and emotional emotional security. And then. As, as I became a manager, it became much more challenging because I was, um, I, I had to take everyone else's considerations on, on my shoulders as well, which is yeah. fine. And I think you should, um, but it just makes it, it more complicated. And I think actually some of the, the highest and, and the, the, high, the lowest points in my career is where my team have been challenged by other people and, and, um, and maybe given negative feedback or or questions in terms of their commitment and their their thought process and those are the points where I'm I've, I've had my lowest emotional states at work is where my team have been questioned like people can question me it's fine because I'm super comfortable with who I am and what I do but if people start to question like whether my team are dedicated to what we're doing 
that really has hurt me in the past and that's caused me some really significant pain and i think yeah and the more the more i get involved in my teams the the harder that becomes to to manage and deal with personally and also you can't kind of i always feel that you can't really show too much of that to your to mm-hmm. your team like it's it's a it's an element of the managerial role or a leadership role is kind of protecting your team from from some of that stuff like you shouldn't protect them from everything like they have to see the reality of the situation but if there is if people are saying things that are, are maybe not very nice or not very positive about the team and they're not true you you don't need they don't need to know that that's that's for you as a leader to manage same. and that's that's challenging emotionally and I think that's the, the core part that's been harder for me as a manager yeah and then maybe we should go a little bit into like what emotions we're talking about because i think already yeah. i'm just picking up from the things you're you're mentioning and it's it's i mean in some points it sounded well throwing up anger frustration um and and again and maybe i don't know if so far we've only been talking about negative emotion there's also pain so i'm guessing some sort of fear concern anxiety about the mm-hmm. team that's definitely something that i felt a lot as a manager um or do we are are, are there other ones are there these the mains one we're talking about or there are yeah, other things I, that come to mind yeah i think that like the the there are the negative ones and those are the ones that i think the problem is that those are the ones that stick with you right those are the ones that uh that that you remember and the ones that are going to burn themselves into into your memories but the reason that i enjoy working in in agency is you get the emotional highs as well right the yeah. the positive things i wonder then when you are interviewing for a manager position What is the key component you look for in a manager to say those people can take it or can do this emotional labor? Like, how can you recognize that? Is there a way, or is it also very difficult and kind of just learn 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 it through experiencing it with them? That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, like most interviewing, like it's it's almost impossible to understand anything from an interview process. Like technical capabilities, the, the personality of a person, like it's such a short period of time to get it. That's true. But hiring for being, I don't know. Um, I, I th- yeah, it, it comes. I mean, you 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 will see it fairly. The only way that you can find this out is by putting a team under pressure, and that's not something you really want to to do. Um, proactively is it's not something yeah. you have to do, make a decision and to proactively do that um it, it is right. very difficult i tried two different things and i don't think they're necessarily a perfect way to assess it but at least to, for, to look for clues more than to know i would say um mm-hmm. is uh, first i describe a tricky situation so for example you have someone who wants to be promoted to a senior they feel like they did the time and the work but they haven't actually achieved some specific things or you have a sp- uh, or i uh, you have a concern about them maybe being maybe especially with the with the emotional work not being able to support people but being too directive or something so I try to give a situation and I say what would you do and everybody spits out I'll do a development plan blah 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 and I was like have you tried to do that what were like and then I try to figure out what would be hard about doing it what like try to get to the place of we talk about not about what's the right thing to do but how it feels to do it and then mm-hmm. I also asked for them for an example if they had a, a, a situation where they even as and I think really as senior you already have the situation when you needed to get a decision through or to support something um, and it felt like there was a lot of emotional work there and if so what mm-hmm. what was it and what happened there and try to get them to talk about that side of it um and if they just don't have it then it doesn't mean that they can't do it it just means that they don't have the experience yet um mm-hmm. so you kind of need to figure out um 
how risky <laughs> you want to be with your new hire. <laughs> Have you had some experience with that as a manager, Phil, of how to, how to support people through their own personal stuff? Because that's also emotional work that managers often need to do, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's uh, this is, again, comes back to everybody is, is unique and different. And right. this makes this whole topic very, very challenging. Because I've had experiences where people have come in. Um, I mean, I think, weirdly, I think the, the one that you I've had to deal with the most because it's, I think it's maybe more, it sounds weird, it's like on the extreme, but it's probably more acceptable to talk about is family bereavements. Yeah. Right? That's the topic that comes up a lot. Because everyone kind of accepts that that's going to be a negative impact on people so so this comes up a lot and I think there are people who 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 deal with that and they'll come in and they say this is what's happening like this is going on I'm not going to be at my best and and it's your Mm -hmm. job then to just I guess accept that and and support them through that and and make sure that they have the the support and also understanding the boundaries is really important at this part because some Mm -hmm. people will want you to to tell them about your experiences and and tell them it's going to be all okay and and tell them what's going to come in the future and other people do not want to be talking to you about your they do not want to be talking to their manager yes. about their personal bereavements right? right so you have to really it does a really thing to really difficult thing to gauge um and you just need to find the the right balance and the right stuff like um yeah it's 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 tough but it's just about supporting those people and making sure that you understand that they're not going to be performing in the same way that they are going to have potentially have downturn but also keep an eye out for them throwing themselves into work and and over investing in stuff because that's not a great way from personal experiences to to go about dealing with those kind of high high like emotional situations Um, i'm trying to get them to 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 back off but but everyone's different and you need to take each case on a case-by-case basis and also you also have you also have to be very careful as well because some people just won't tell you um, exactly and and then you'll have a situation where you you have somebody and and i mean the general outcome it's not always the same but the general outcome is that people will perform worse when they are under high emotional pressure for, on, yeah. from things like this and for, from really bad news and Definitely. you if if you just treat it as bad performance it's going to explode mm. because yeah. that's going through a normal like disciplinary yeah, process human. for yeah. some yeah is is not is not going to come out well so trying to understand the the core and the deep the, the reasons behind people performing badly is is kind of key to this like you you can't just always jump to the fact that they're they're just performing badly or they don't care like it yeah. could be something else that's going on and, and you, also like this yeah. comes about from from high like positive emotions as well. Exactly. Like I've had experience where people have changes in their lives that are really positive, but that means they are less committed to work. <clears throat> so for example, like having children is a, is a great example of this. It, it switches some people's priorities. Their priority right. may well have been work before, but now it's their children, which is absolutely yeah. fine. And that means that there is going to be a performance shift in that person. They're not going to be working the same hours that they were before. They're yeah, going to definitely. be just as, just as good as what they were doing before, but they may not be putting in the same number of hours. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's absolutely fine. So yeah, it's it's really it's case by case basis, and just trying to un- making sure you understand as much as as you can. I think Phil, going back to what you were describing before, um, working as a manager, it sounds like there's a lot of emotional labor there, um, and that like if you need to now be concerned who's hiding emotions from you and who's not, uh, who's doing well, who's not, even you just dealing with getting bad news from a team member that's all sounds like a lot of work so how and yeah. and you should be showing less somehow 
So how how does that work as managers work? Okay. Um. Yeah. It. It. I think it's it's difficult. Like it. It's to do the level of empathy you have for. Um, for your teammates is nothing that you can control so some people have have less empathy and I guess probably deal with this in a, in a different way and it's maybe not so much so so difficult for them but for me like I always have very high empathy for the for my teammates and the people that work for me and that means that any like negative um, any negative things that happen to my team like hurt me deeply um, and can be can be very difficult to for, for me to deal with and especially when especially if you're in the scenario where they're looking for you for um support and guidance in these areas mm -hmm. like i'm like yeah i'm i'm now sad for you and and now you're expecting me to be this kind of pillar of support for you um i think one of the um the the, the ones i i personally struggle with a lot is my mother died when um, I was quite young. So I have, I guess, some sort of emotional scars from that. So whenever anyone, and this has happened a few times in my career, when everyone comes to me with a, with a parental bereavement and, and kind of expect me to help and support them, I'm like, oh, this is, this is tough for me. I've got to go and kind of relive those things. I can give, actually, because I've been through the experience, I can, I can do it fairly efficiently, but it's tough. Like I have to relive those experiences mm. that I don't particularly want to be reliving. Um, again and again and again every time this happens and I guess as and this is going to happen a lot more for me as I get older and my teams get older and the tech industry gets gets a little bit mature and a little bit older so it's not something that I'm particularly looking forward to <laughs> but yeah you just have to you just have to deal with it but as I said mm. if if you have a little bit less of a, an empathetic connection with your team that's probably easier but I, that's not a way that I like to work actually then then do you think that there is a need at some point that we need emotional support for those who give emotional support like how absolutely. do we manage on that level yeah. absolutely but you rarely um, get it do you yeah no it the, and i've not i've never seen it done in a structured way yeah um mm -hmm. i i've heard about companies that do do it and they do have the opportunity and and, and counseling available there f for people but it's really mm. really uncommon and what mm. i tend to see is people of a similar level sort of helping and supporting each other so mm -hmm. at Klarna we have a, a so my role is like a competence lead so I'm responsible for people's competence we have a competence lead chapter that meets every two weeks and it is it's it's basically just a I'm not dismissing I'm, I'm not trying to dismiss therapy but it is basically discredit therapy but it's basically a big group therapy session mm -hmm. where people talk through and, and give support to each other I mean especially over the last couple of months where we've been talking about how we're adjusting and, and dealing with the the new reality of stuff like that's been a that's been a core thing that we're all doing sharing experiences talking and supporting each other and, and chatting mm -hmm. and I think this just talking to people is is kind of one of the biggest thing, ways that you can deal with that. I think it's always the first the first point of contact when you have these kind of challenges is talking to someone that you trust about these things and, and just just playing it back to them even if they have no support for you and no nothing they can do to help you just saying these things out loud to someone else can frequently be like a, a very helpful experience and, and make mm -hmm. you feel like you're not alone in these kind of uh, examples just if someone says no nods and says yes yes that's fine like it's okay to feel like that um, I think it's another way of just dealing with is it that once you put manager in the title this means these people are supposed to deal with people stuff as well regardless if they are specifically said to be people manager as this term or title also appears sometime uh, in some places like or do, do you advise or do you think in your in your experience and opinion that 
this deserves a role in itself and a position like there should be someone who is just for that like a people manager let's call it or i don't know what you would call it in this case yeah i think the second that you take responsibility for for people you become a people manager right so Mm -hmm. for any kind of level of responsibility whether that's the delivery or whether that's for their competence or their their skill set you are Mm -hmm. a people manager i think it's good to have like a defined person that is that person's like, I mean, using old school, 20 year old technology, uh, terminology, their line manager, like the person mm-hmm. who you can go to with any problems Like you have to have someone that's defined in that way. Mm-hmm. But um, so for example, we uh, at Klarna, we split leadership into accountability and competence. So I'm a competence manager, but in mm-hmm. our team, we also have a product manager who is an accountable lead. So that's their responsibility that we get stuff done and delivered. And it's my my responsibility to make sure the engineers are the best that they can be. So I am kind mm-hmm. of the people manager in that role, right? But the accom- accountable lead needs to get those people to do stuff as well. So they are also a, a, a people manager. Like mm-hmm. I am the person that would be, if... If one of my, if something like terrible, if the team really screws up and one of my team is hurt emotionally, like it's my fault, that would be the the the, the line of responsibility. But our accountable leader has the same, just has to deal with the same kind of things. Like they yeah. they talk they talk to the individuals about the problems that they're having and, and these kind of things too. So we have two people, which makes a really nice dynamic. But it's it, it, you have to have that one. Um, one person who is responsible and that person knows that they can go to with yeah. with anything. And mm-hmm. whether that is their technical lead or whether that's someone else kind of is up for debate. I, I mm-hmm. think it's better. I think it works better if that person has an understanding of where they're coming from historically from a like a skill set kind of, kind of point of view. But I don't think that's exclusively the case i think other people can can help you know at the general end of the day like you empathy is kind of the key skill that you need in that role and not i don't want to be not all engineers have high levels of empathy like that's just i know it's a bit of a trope but it's a bit of a trope and unfortunately it's something that a lot of the culture seem to be like uh support finding or at least in the early culture of development and 90s i would say it's like it seemed to be like the developer misanthrope whatever um seemed to be okay it was like acceptable um and uh, i think we have to change the narrative on that i think that's just not true you need to have a lot of empathy to be a good developer uh, for your users for your teammates for i i think uh, i think the more you have the better you will be at it um and so it is a team sport what we're doing and thinking that you would be good at at building things in a group without empathy seems a bit r- silly to me i have to say i think i i kind of agree i i agree that it's useful and i agree that it's a skill that will differentiate you and make you better that yeah. i agree with but i don't i think i think just generally and it's not just engineers it's it's across everybody yeah. there are some people who just don't have the skill and it's and it can't but, it's not a skill but is that can it because be really we haven't taught. encouraged it and we have accepted that you don't need to you think it can't be taught i think i think you can learn i think it can i improve. think i think it can be improved but i think there are like like all skills, some people just don't have the aptitude for for certain things. Oh, I'm I not think, saying they will necessarily become the you know do the emotional mm, work for all the team, but they could be better at being a part of the team at help at how they engage with others and how much stress they put on others. I think at that level of collaboration as a as a 
contributor i think people can um if you if you work on that i think it's possible to and there are methods uh that even come from from group therapy and things like that 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 like mirroring communication and and like games there are ways to build skills i think around it to connect people and to change the the atmosphere and the skill level in that and i do think that we should all be thinking about how like how valuable it is like because the truth is that it is a differentiator if you have someone who's an excellent engineering uh contributor uh, or, or anything else doesn't matter qa product anything and they have they're stronger in their empathy um they're going to be more successful in my opinion i think they're going to be able to influence more they're going to be able to enjoy their work more they're going to be able to teach more um and to maybe make even better decisions for some of their users you disagree yeah, i i, I agree ahead. that no no i don't disagree <laughs> i i yeah. I, ha i have no doubt that they will be better that uh, if you mm -hmm. if you can improve that that side that emotional or empathetic level skill or um, yeah interaction with with others and yourself whether you have it well or you 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 mm -hmm. are struggling with it and you try to improve it it's, it will make you better that's that's for sure um, it can get complicated like in the sense like I'm not sure if it could change significantly necessarily in people it depends i think and it's hard to to for me to i mean i i to be honest i look at myself on this topic because i still continue not to be a very empathetic person i, I say it publicly and and i say it in every interview when they see ask me about my weaknesses i tell them i have sometimes problems with empathy i sometimes don't see the other person's emotions i don't read them well all the time and that causes problems and i try to work on it but it just it never like i tried to work to work on it but maybe not not in a methodic per way as you mentioned maybe i should try that um i mean definitely the awareness of it doesn't help alone i can ver confirm that and i i could say that it improved a bit by other means or for other reasons but never significantly to a point where i can say i'm very good at now reading emotions and, and I, and I completely agree that that's uh, uh, there is also some uh, level of that 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 is yeah. I don't know if innate is the right word, but there is definitely some sort of how good we are as a trait. That's mm -hmm. uh, it's a trait that we can measure. That's true, but then I think what you're doing is probably the, uh, also what uh, uh, you could do around having such a trait as behaviorally seeing like okay, maybe I'm not aware, but it, I care, and so mm. if you tell me, I will respond to that. So and, and what you're bringing then is your caring self to work, where uh, it, it's not about whether or not i can read it it's about whether or not i know and then what i do about it mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think i i, I don't disagree with with what you're saying now but mm. i the, to me it's a skill like any other skill and the the best the way to get the best out of people is to to focus on the the strong skills that they have and then kind of i'm not saying i'm going to measure and level people based on this now i'm saying i, yeah. I do mm -hmm. think it's a substantial potentially substantial advantage as especially for these kind of roles uh, i would say but i would even say that um, for me almost any senior at the end if you're it doesn't you don't have to be a people manager to be needing to do emotional work you could be it's enough to be a role model it's enough to be a team member if someone is next to you and doesn't like you're you're going to be emotional work because we're emotional beings and we're 
next to each other. How much you invest, how much you feel like you're required to, how much it's automatically taking for you or how much you're going to put on top, that will change person to person and situation and level and team and who else mm -hmm. is in the group uh, quite a lot. But I do think it could be, I mean, as it, we're, as, as it's a team sport. I think it could be a very substantial advantage to have a few people with this kind of, uh, these kind of traits and skills to help smooth out what you're able to do as a group. Um, and I think if, let's say if there was, if there's a team that has none of this, then it might be quite hard. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm m most convinced of this uh, exact thing. Last statement you said that it is a balance in the team at the mm -hmm. end, like uh, when you want to balance out things. Uh, it, sometimes it's hard to get everybody on the same level at, on a one skill, and that's yeah. why you need a mixture of like different people at different skills, right? And you balance it out that way. And I think I would agree as well that it could be improved. I, I just maybe in my example i will try better ways or better methods um maybe we will have another episode yeah. in the future where i tell a story how i did <laughs> i think i'm sometimes <laughs> sensitive or or, or um cautious around this thing because i think a lot of this work falls at women in the team quite often um <laughs> and that uh, i don't think that a lot of us are i don't believe that we're innately Uh, have this trait i think we are uh we grew up in a way that developed this trait in us from a very young age uh your uh, entire environment requests that you be considerate of others and smile for others and do a lot of things for others so you have to train to read others and be and do these things and i and that's where i think where i think how much of it and i'm sure that there are limits to what i'm saying there's a spectrum to all of this but a lot of this is also cultural and and i don't want to say okay let's leave it to the people who can do it because that that goes back to what phil was saying also in the beginning that um it's it's not necessarily what every anybody would want and and to what mm -hmm. i was saying earlier there's some biases in here also at the type of work and what does it then mean for a woman to be in an engineering team if she also needs to do the work but the other guys don't have to that to me seems un unfair and not just mm -hmm. um and that's something that we kind of do need to have discussions around like who does this work and how do we get this work just as we talk about technical skills and how they are loaded in the team we should could maybe also talk about this kind of like emotional work and how it's loaded in the how how who has it and how do we share it and carry it uh, because it has it sometimes has a very high cost and women are leaving tech in like tremendous numbers in over 10 years so um i i wouldn't i don't know if it's not somehow also part of it for the for the people who maybe aren't seeing the bias in a very awful way mm. against them they're still seeing it in a kind of like hidden way that there's this work is very hard um Yeah, yeah, and it, the emotional labor, that if, if you are the only person on a team who is providing any kind of empathy for the team, that emotional labor is is so hard. It's really, really impactful. And I I, I have no re research or stats to back that yeah. up, but my gut feeling would be that that would be easier to burn someone out yeah. through that method than to overwork them from technical and, and, and kind of like technical thought. Like yeah. you can burn someone out from overloading them like technically, but I think the empathetic side yeah. i think is probably much a much easier if you really want to burn someone out that's probably an easier route to go and if there is only one and, and I, i do agree with what you're saying about the the gender roles in this like it it's easy to see that a lot still and where yeah. people get a and i think people make an excuse for people like me and say well you know the the british guy who went to a school where no one showed any kind of emotions and was beaten with a stick if he showed emotions you know he he's got an excuse to not to not be empathetic but i i don't and that's not really that's not really fair on, on anyone else 
I think I wanted to jump back a little bit. You were already starting to talk about frameworks when we were talking about which manager is doing it. Um, and I think that there are there's one framework that I haven't experienced personally. Uh, I don't know if you have uh, that I found very kind of I'm curious about how well this works. Um, and that is uh, having established kind of trust keepers um, that are defined. Those are people who are um, they're not officially HR. They're part of the teams uh, they also get training for this um and and support like they have their own like ch talk to each other but they basically are willing to be the person you go to if you experience anything or have any concerns and they will keep it confidential so in a way it's, to me it seems almost therapeutical or counselor-ish even though it's not a professional counselor they're just uh, someone who if you're yeah if someone uh, if it could be a uh, bereavement it could be something else anything that's tricky could be a breakup could be a conflict with your manager uh, could be getting uh bad performance review so whatever is impacting you you could go and talk to them uh, tell them you want to have coffee or lunch together or anything and talk to them and while it seems to me like a, f a fantastic framework uh, as far as what it offers the employees I wonder at the cost and the compensation for that type of work. Mm -hmm. are, you, are you doing this now? I'm uh, not doing it. I've heard of it from a friend uh, that had that at work and has used it very, mm -hmm. you, it was very effective for her when she had to deal with, mm -hmm. with uh, personal uh, troubles and also thinking about how to talk to other people about it if she wants to or not about what she's going through personally. Um, okay. And I, it sounded it, and I, it sounded amazing on the one hand of like, and then I was so happy she had that. And on the other hand, I had the empathy for whoever sits in those shoes who in the middle of the workday suddenly got this like, let's grab coffee and had to deal with this very difficult situation and experience and then not tell anyone and then carry it. <laughs> and and, and yeah. I feel like that, like, wow, that should be compensated. <laughs> that's that's real, like real effort and work and cost um, and on your personal, like then how productive are you for the for the rest of, of the day or, or week and how concerned you are and you can't like go back and check in with them like they it, it seems oh. it's almost like to me it's almost like a therapist kind of level of work where you're like you're stuck with your end <laughs> so uh, those trust trust keepers were actually other colleagues yes we're doing other yes, jobs yes, oh okay yes. it would be like okay. uh, I didn't get it would that. be well, like that and then they were like assigned okay. so they make sure that they're kind of balanced so like all these three mm. teams could go to this person these three teams could go to that person and it was a volunteer thing that happened in the company where like HR kind of understood that they can't he some things people won't complain to them because if you know if people know then it might cause a work issue then you don't want to go and tell someone officially and on the other hand they wanted to give support for that sounds like things. an odd implementation to me to be honest yeah. like, I mean the framework the way you describe it sounds interesting I mean there is high risk in it definitely in terms of like extracting this component that is supposed to be kind of baked into your team uh, dynamics and assigning it to someone who is kind of outside the team it might be beneficial but it, there, there mo it must come with uh, some risks but then to say that those people are actually just other colleagues mm -hmm. um, I don't know why you would go for that rather than it sounds like more like saving money <laughs> on, on yeah. getting the experts yeah. than, than anything else yeah. that's, which exactly, th that's exactly yeah. what it is and this is a yeah. this is something that happens time and time again like the tech industry is young right yeah. we, mm -hmm. like we've only been people have only been selling software for was it 65 75 years like yeah. as an industry it's really really young and this yeah. happens time and time again where we get to a point in the industry where we're like oh we need this skill set and rather than hiring that skill set yeah. we say oh mm -hmm. someone else can do it and this happens time and time again and now this sounds like a really dangerous 
place yeah. to be doing this. Like, if you see yeah. that you need that, hire some therapists yeah. or exactly. like outsource yeah. it. There, there yeah. are people who do this as a job. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I've had like my experiences. I worked in the UK for for most of my career, and then for the last four to five years, I've worked in in Berlin. Like, I, I had so many much weirder experiences when it comes to to emotions since I've moved to Berlin and been working with different different cultures and different different nationalities like it's it's pretty standard in the UK and actually despite our reputation I think we're actually fairly open and mm -hmm. and people are a little bit more comfortable expressing their their emotions at work um, but but here I've I've struggled uh, in quite a few times where I've created but because I'm emotional I will express like I, I, the two things I tend to, to express a lot, I, I get very upset and I'll, I'll cry when, when things that I really believe in are, are challenged. And I get very frustrated if decisions are made that I don't, I, I really like deeply disagree with. And those are two things that I, I however hard I try, I'm never ever going to be able to, to suppress. And what's happened since I've left the UK is that's put me in some really, really awkward situations. For example, where I'm, I'm crying in front of people and they're just like, I can't deal with this. This is not something that I was expecting to happen today at work. Yeah. And this like 40 year old white guy is crying in front of me. Like this is just not something I, I have the capacity to deal with. And that just creates really, really awkward situations. And, and that's, I mean, it, it's my fault. Like I put these people in this position without considering like the, the emotional labor that they're going through. And also that I'm the one who feels like bad at that point, or I'm, I'm suffering from whatever, like heightened emotion. The, the person on the other side of the table, they, there's like this kind of concept of like the further away from your core beliefs that you're, you're made to act, like the harder it is to deal with emotionally, the more, more emotional labor that is. So if their core beliefs is like, I don't I, this shouldn't be happening at work. And then there's someone crying in front of them. That's really, that's a, a significant amount of emotional labor on that person. And that's not something I've had to deal with and something I've had to adjust a bit is like, again, it's like understanding who's in the room and, and who, who you can express these, these emotions in front of and stuff. Yeah, um, I've had this think... thing that I've had like managers again um, uh, that so I think when I, I was being managed and I had gone through or shared something that was hard to share or talked about something that was very frustrating to me. And I think I, I can get to tears. I try to avoid it as much as I can, but I can get to tears. Um, and I think most of the time uh, I was being judged harshly by a male manager um and uh being like well if you can't work right now if you can't talk it was just like as if like at that point i became like this hysterical woman and this is no longer a work thing go deal with your emotion and come back and talk to me when you're human again um which was really not helpful and just made the whole situation way worse but as a manager when i've had other people um like get into a very tricky emotional situation and maybe get to tears i think before they even get to tears i start crying like i get that they're about to cry and i said and then it was like i cry at work all the time it's just like it becomes this crying fest <laughs> of like everybody is just like just to let it out and that actually feels i that don't know help. usually like it's about everybody crying so far it no actually problem. helped me both with men and women it actually felt like it, it was a helpful thing to see that like i'm mirroring their emotions and i'm like i find it hard that they're finding this situation hard um hmm. And so I think when it when it works well together, I think it can be very impactful and useful. And when it doesn't, I feel like it can totally burn you. <laughs> it can make like whatever was the situation way worse because now there's also this element of uh, of of this like increased distance and and uh, even for the person being uh, sharing their emotions as well. Yeah. I think there's I think you just touched on an interesting point. It's mm -hmm. about the difference between the alignment of where yeah. people are on this kind of scale of, of emotion stuff, it, it makes a massive difference. So I, 
what what you can see sometimes is if you if you are emotional and you share your emotions to to a team that understand that and and, and are able to deal with it it breeds an amazing levels of alignment right so you can you can build great team like uh, structures and, and and practices by sharing and, and being honest and open with your team but that only works if they're on the same page of you in the first place like yeah. if if you're pushing them outside their own comfort boundaries in terms of like what what they're experiencing and, and that kind of emotional roller coaster that you're going through like it, it it's really it can be really damaging so you yeah. have to be super careful like and it's and, and I've been kind of lucky where I've had had good teams that kind of are on the on similar pages to me and that makes I mean it it, it, it leads to probably the time I've cried the most at work is that every time I, I have my notice in I, I can't do it without just like uncontrollably crying in the in the meeting where I'm where I'm committing that I'm leaving this team of people that I have yeah. genuine like care and, and feelings for um but yeah they, they people respond really well if you are open and honest and that, that that means showing your emotions like if a decision is made and you're not happy about it like it's that's fine but on the again on the flip side of that if those if you're if you're reacting emotionally against um organizational decisions that breeds a a sink within your team that is counter to what's going on with the rest of the organization and then what you end up with in a situation which is is not great is for, for example uh, i think i can I think I can one person of the teams that I used to that I used to manage in my previous companies is still with a company that mm. I worked for. So when I leave, my teams leave because they're mm. aligned with me, but they're not mm. aligned with the company. And that's something that mm. I'm, I'm. This is my sort of 2020 thing that I need to to work on is how I run in parallel, syncing a team with me as well as the as the organisation. So I don't get in this situation where they'll they we work great as a team, but the team will quit if if I leave. I've so, had it both mm-hmm. ways. So I guess I managed at least once. <laughs> yeah. But I think um, interesting that you say it's when you hand in your resignation. I'm wondering if there is something also, um, uh, I've had this, I guess, mostly as a manager and unfortunately I had to, uh, the, so when I try to think about what is the hardest situation I've had, as, as you were saying it, um, was actually having to let someone go, not resigning myself. And mm. and there it was, e- I think it was even harder because that was one of the points where as a manager, and sometimes we need to do it, I had to not show how I felt because it is not fair that they also, like me, how hard it is for me is not their problem or the team's problem. And so it made me, I mean, I had to go to other people to talk about it because I couldn't show it within the team. And it was one of the things that created a lot of, I mean, I could share that I, share that I was unhappy or distressed, but I couldn't like burden them with with how distressed I was um and because it didn't I had to take care of how distressed they were um and so I think that to me was the hardest situation I've ever uh, been at and it's really tricky because because I'm I would like to show more of my emotions and I don't think it's the right thing to do um but do you have like these spaces of a conflict where you need to not show your emotions yeah I th- I think that's the, that's a, the 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 yeah that's a great example like letting people go is the the one point where you you have to be aligned with the company and not the person as as horrible as that sounds and i mean that's why it's so challenging like it's awful but decisions are made and 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 that has to that has to be the case and and 
it's it's really yeah really that's really really tough i can't think of any other ones i mean there's there's challenges around similar challenges around promotions and not getting promotions yeah. and 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 career progression being yes. blocked True. for whatever reasons um especially as a kind of generally i think the practice is becoming that like managers will will nominate people for for promotions and then it will get like go up a tree and get approved or denied or whatever so you genuinely believe that that person is worthy of a promotion and then you have to provide them with the bad news that they yeah. they don't get it like that's tough that's really really tough because you have to at that point align with the company and not the individual because other, otherwise it would just get super messy and that's just the reality yeah. of the situation and that's 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 really like those situations yeah. are really really hard and i honestly i'm not very good at that like i've i've what it, what what tends to happen is I I I I've been lucky enough not to have to do it very many times, but the number of times where I've had to let people go, I've just completely screwed it up. I've got it. I've done it so badly, and and situations have happened where I I was you know I given them like with notice periods and stuff where I. I, I've gone into review me, uh, meetings where I was going to let someone go, and then ended up like just promising to pay them like six, seven months extra wages that I wasn't that, that I wasn't authorized to do and stuff like that. Like it, it, it always has come out. That's always gone really, really badly, um, and that's something that's that really... I never, never look forward to. It's 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 tough. Yeah, but I think also the times that I did, I think I have very mixed <laughs> results. <laughs> but I think the times that I was actually better is actually the times where I was less emotionally engaged in the moment because I think mm -hmm. it helps people that you don't like that you don't make it like at the end that it's a business call and mm -hmm. uh, you're delivering the information. There's not much like let's not go about how awful this is, but let's just talk about what it what it means and what we're doing uh, mm -hmm. and what happens next and be very clear. Um, that said, I think that um, it's from a personal level of how much emotional work it was for me, all of them, no matter how good or bad they went, and even though I appreciate, I uh, like going back into burnout, like the amount of distress that it causes me to be in this situation that has to me like, I should at some point reconsider why I'm doing this job. <laughs> But it is, it is so hard because you do, I do think even if I do it well, I do notice a lot. I do think about it. It like haunts me. Um, mm. And I, I wonder if I did it, if I could have done it better. I wonder what I can learn for other times. I wonder how that person is feeling and what they're going to be doing. And I'm no longer a part of that stuff. Like right. if I'm, if, yeah. if I just gave like, if it was a promotion and someone is still in the team, but they didn't get it. Like I'm no, I'm no longer the person I will, that for at least for the next few weeks, I will not be the person that talks to them about like <laughs> what that means. And right. that is just really not what I like doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Send them to me. <laughs> I think I can, I can probably, I can, I can visually in my head, I can imagine the faces of all the people who I've had to let go, like the moment yeah. that they realized, and I can see those yeah. faces so visually. No, and no, it's it really like me. a, it's yeah. Yeah. everything, and the and the period afterwards with the team, and then the team know, and it's just like it's it's a, such a period of before, during, and after. Uh, that's mm -hmm. just the, for me, it's really the worst, the worst of the worst of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So, do we want to try to summarize? the key points we have come through or do we feel like there is any, any yeah i think you something can, left do you we still want to go deep in uh, yeah i don't know phil do you have any more uh, things that you wanted to share no i think yeah, there's, a, there's a lot a, yeah <laughs> emotions are hard yes emotions are hard. <laughs> i want to i want to try a different type of summary here rather Please. than one one person saying um, what they can remember i want to maybe go over what is the key point every person a key message let's say every person think that is important or they want to kind of mm -hmm. uh, tell the world about so i guess i would start with you feel like what is 
from your experience, especially with high intensity uh, yeah. emotionally situations? Mm-hmm. What's your key messages? I'm not sure it's going to be particularly groundbreaking because it's kind of the core of, of, of being a manager, but everybody is different and you have to you have to approach these things in, in a completely different way for, for every situation and every single person. And having mm-hmm. the, you need to have the understanding and that's why as a manager, really getting to, to know how your team ticks is the, the thing that's going to differentiate you as a good manager because then you can deal with all of these situations when they come up if you, if you really understand who, mm-hmm. your, who the people on your team are. Um, but yeah, yeah, every situation is different. What about yeah. you, Alan? Um, I think, yeah, on top of what Phil said, I, I, then I would say um, it's a shared responsibility in one way or another. Like uh, every individual need to kind of learn their way to, to be better at their, their emotional uh, uh, regulation of their own emotions, let's say, and better at reading other people's emotions and account for, for the, their, their different cultures and so on. Uh, so if we share the load, it, would, it becomes easier because it's really a complex situation. And the second thing I usually think is important for companies in, in, uh, for, in that regard is you, you need people who are visible to everyone that others know that they, I can know. So if it's not clear which manager or which lead in your team is the person who is supposed to handle the emotional side of things or the personal th- side of things, then you need to make it clear, just announce it. If you don't have a clear title like a people manager, then say it's the product manager or it's the tech lead. Or saying it's no one, it's just chaotic in a way. So I think that's the other second message I have. Yeah. How yeah, about you, I Noah? think one of the things I really liked that was mentioned is uh, encouraging um, business owners or people who are in the decision-making around this to get coaches and counselors available for their organization depending on the scale if it's external or internal figure out what works for you but this seems to be like a function that's very valuable and we should be developing our skills there um i think i really like the point we made about how much um communication i think also was phil was sharing with the circle of or, or council i don't remember what you were saying of, of people who are in the same level who talk to each other so how important it is a lot of this work is in communication and revealing emotions whether it's uh, you intended to or not but then finding who it is you process with these things with maybe even external maybe even just other friends in middle management or in a similar senior role or whatever you're going through um just having having this place to to do it and and considering that we touched on burnout um yeah check in with yourself sometimes and see how how much of of your life is, and health is affected by emotional work and take care of yourself and make the appropriate decisions for yourself always. Like at the end, this, uh, when it gets uh, very harsh, it is a health concern and uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. <laughs> if, if it gets to a point where, I think we talked a lot about one-offs and things that can happen, but if it, it becomes a, a thing that, uh, and I think was similar to what Phil was saying in the beginning with agencies, it could be like a, a way of life, a way of work, uh, then yeah, really consider what, what it's costing you um, and, and what you should be doing and take care of yourselves. Yeah, and st- and stepping away from those environments that that are damaging yeah. for you, and, and finding other ones is not a weakness. It's it's fine. Yeah, like, it's that's okay. <laughs> I would say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Sweet. Then 
I guess, uh, Phil, is there anything you'd like to tell people where they can find you and uh, what what could they find? What, they, what could they find? Yeah, so um, uh, I, I probably, Twitter is probably the, the best place to find me, Phil underscore Bennett. Um, but also um, I have a blog um, that, that I write about kind of the the people side of, of tech management. Um, and I talk a, a lot about kind of empathy and then and some of it about emotions, um, which is uh, software is easy, people are hard.com. Great. And we'll put links to all of that in the show notes as well. Um, so yeah, and we're Techpoint Charlie. You can find us on Twitter as well. Um, and, uh, and all major <laughs> platforms and LinkedIn and everything. Yes, and on LinkedIn and, and, and you can find the podcast wherever you found this and, and a bunch of other places. <laughs> uh, yeah. And anything else, Adam? For... Um, emotions are okay. So if you're not talking about them at work, make sure that they are accounted for <laughs> so that's the main i guess message of, uh, that we all agree on yeah they are important and uh, stay safe and stay healthy as, as yeah. no one said <laughs> and yeah thanks for listening ciao thank you phil <laughs>